6: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on V
2: Okay, what's up, what's up, what's up? It is the Lombardi Line. Week five wraps up tonight in Kansas City, Vegas in town, Kansas City Lane 7. But we start the program today with some breaking news. Two seasons, five games into his career, they're down in Carolina. Matt Rule is out. As the carolina panthers head coach one and four this year of course 11 and 27 over 38 games a simple michael lombardi no quarterback no job in the nfl that's what it comes down to
7: you know and 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 again i'm I'm biased for matt because i like matt as a person i like matt as a coach and and i think to me it always comes down to can you fix the quarterback position can you find a way to get that done and if you don't do it your first year you don't get a mulligan down the road. You don't get an extra year because you didn't do it. You know, and when he first went in there, Cam was done. They brought Teddy in to try to ease them to getting one, and unfortunately they couldn't solve it. And I think what we saw yesterday was was a, a reflection. I, I don't think they're a bad team. I've never felt like they're a, a, a horrible team. I think Matt's done a really good job of improving the talent level there, except that they just don't have a quarterback and they can't get anything going offensively because it starts and ends in the national football league with having good quarterback and play
2: 37, 15 loss to San Francisco yesterday. It's pretty apparent right now. Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback in the NFL. Like the way that he performed yesterday. I don't know if you could be worse at a position is that yeah, fair? I
7: mean, it, it, I mean, it's not for it. It belies his tape from other years, right? Like, what did we say this summer? Who would win the starting job? Well, you know, I was not a big Baker fan, but I would say Baker's pro tape was much better than Sam Darnold's pro tape, right? right? You know, it's so – but Baker's pro tape this year is way different. Uh, You know, not anywhere near what we've seen in the past. I mean, just elementary throws, Patrick, it's just challenging. I mean, he's got – The interception that he throws yesterday is he's got to throw the ball to the check down and he doesn't throw it to him and then he throws it to him late. That was the primary read on the play and it's a pick six going the other way. So, look, uh, I mean, when Matt Rule takes a step back and he looks over this, he's going to say, hey, look, I didn't get the quarterback fixed. And, you know, here's the mistakes I made and I got to get better at it. Doesn't mean he's not a good coach, right? It doesn't mean he's not a good coach. It just means that you you have to understand, again, it goes back to that real simple thing that I talk about. What is the job and what isn't it? And the job is you better get a quarterback. You know, you better get a quarterback.
2: You don't have a quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield. That is going to lead you to unemployment. Matt Rule is a very good coach. He won at Temple. He won at Baylor. And there were a lot of expectations. Remember, the Giants wanted him. You know, a lot of people wanted Matt Rule. This does not indic is not indicative of him as a coach. It's just if you don't have a quarterback, it really is that simple. And Baker Mayfield yesterday, indecisive, double pumping, throwing the ball into the ground on simple passes, like he's killing him.
7: Yeah, no, know. It was to me, I was surprised that line never got over seven. You know, to me, that was I never felt like and I, again, I have a vested interest in the program, so I never give out uh, those picks. But to me, that was a hard game for them because if you're going to beat the 49ers, you got to have somebody making plays from behind the center. You're not going to beat them just running the ball on an inside trap play. You got to do things, and and that game was really never really as close, even as the score was. They had a chance. It's 17 to th- it's 10-3 going into halftime, and they just could never get it going. You know, they can't get anything going. And PJ actually, with PJ Walker comes in. They actually looked like they could throw the ball. Now, I know the game was over at that point, so you have to be careful there. But it, unfortunately, that's the case. And, you know, now that you do this, where do you go from here? Steve Wilks comes in. Wonderful man, Steve Wilks. You know, he's going to take it over. H- how is it going to play out, you know? I mean, they've got some good play. Their defense is, fairly, is good. You know, I wish they would raise the level of play, but they haven't been able to. But, but uh, you know, now you come in. Are you trying to lose to get the first pick overall in the draft? Who is the first pick overall in the draft? I don't even know that. Is there a quarterback worth losing for? I don't even know.
2: Is it C.J. Stroud, who had six touchdown passes this weekend? Ohio State, of course. Here's the question. We are a betting network, so we look ahead. Carolina at the Rams. You want to take a stab at what that number is next Sunday in Los Angeles. Carolina with Wilkes as the interim headed to Los Angeles. I would say nine. You've nailed it. Open nine. It's been bet up to ten, nine and a half at most shops right now. So nine and a half. I'm seeing a couple of. Tens you think the Rams are ten points? You think the Rams are ten points better no, than I anybody? Don't. No, I don't. I you're mean, always you're always gonna have that first coach coach in his first game angle with Wilkes too. So there's going to be a spirited effort, you would
7: think. I mean, the one thing about the Panthers, I mean, you saw Brian Burns yesterday. You saw Brown. You saw their front. I mean, they gave Garoppolo some issues, and they can rush, they can put some pressure. Now, I thought yesterday Matthew Stafford took a beating. I mean, Matthew Stafford's got to be black and blue today. He took a beating. And this Rams offense has no identity. It's either throw the ball to Cooper Cup or we got nothing else going. I mean, really, that's the, that's the end of the day. That's what it is. And so, I, I just think, to me, it's, you know, I, I look, I think the Panthers, that this is an unfortunate situation. They're going to have to fight their way through it. and But the Rams, I mean, you know, off that Monday night beating where the 49ers beat them up front, then Dallas beat them. These will be the three best defensive lines they're going to play against.
2: The Rams closed 5 5 and a half with Dallas yesterday. Dallas a 22-10 outright winner. The Dogs. Eight, five and 1 yesterday the unders 8 and 6 so the dogs and hey, unders you, are both hitting at a 60% clip.
7: You asked me a question, I'll ask you a question. How many first downs did the Cowboys get in that game?
2: How many first downs? Not based on your question, not many. <laughs> they got 10. They won the game with 10 first downs. See, see
7: to me this is what this is what happens in the league is is you got to have – got to be able to find a way to make plays. Okay, part of Rule's other issue is, I mean, McCaffrey up until the season only played in 10 games, his best player, right? So he lost him. But they only had 10 first downs. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't make mistakes. They gave up the fake punt. But they protected the ball. They rushed the passer. They got off the field. And they were able to make enough explosive plays, you know, the big run by Tony Pollard, that they kept themselves in the game. It goes a long way. You know, we saw it yesterday when we were watching the game. I mean, we were watching the Packers. All Daniel Jones did was execute, throw, he only threw six incomplete passes the whole day, and they never punted after the first quarter. They just kind of managed their way through the game. Ten first downs and you win the game, that's
2: pretty impressive. That, that Cowboys defense is pretty special. And then when they get the specials going, it's a very it's a very good defense. This San Francisco defense is a hell of a defense as well. The Cowboys' defense, the same. You've talked about it ad nauseum. How fast both defenses are. I agree. Let's go back to rule. Then we'll move on. Ben Fox here at Veasan says three and sixteen. That's his record ATS-wise. The last nineteen games, he was five and eleven year one. Michael, he was five and twelve year two. He was one and four before being dismissed this year again. Yeah. He can have any. He's he can pick his college job if he wants it. I mean, he's a very good coach with a good reputation.
7: Yeah, I mean, look, they start three and zero last year. They had things going, and then then uh, McCaffrey gets hurt. Darnold starts to turn the ball over, and they never really could manage the quarterback position. They were never really elite enough on defense. I think they're a good defense. I don't think they're an elite defense. They're not in that San Francisco Dallas category. No. You know, they don't have that one. They don't have the Mackay Parsons or the you, you know or the Nick Bosa. You know, they don't have that. Although I will say this: next week, looking forward to Atlanta game. You know, that 49er team's beat up right now. I mean, they didn't go back home. They stayed in Atlanta or they stayed in Carolina. I don't know where they stayed, but that defense is beat up. That That's going to be an interesting situation to monitor. Nick Bosa left the game with a groin injury.
2: J.C. Horn is great. That's one that you can point to. The cornerback there out of South Carolina at Carolina. He's very, very good. Can I just – just as me personally, not Michael Lombardi. Enough with Christian McCaffrey. My goodness, is he over like he kills this team and it does appear to me. I don't know if the injuries are adding up or is it me or is there a little bit of a step missing, like a little bit of that explosiveness in the past? meeting, yeah. a little bit missing. I, I thought to me, I said
7: this on my podcast, you know, when they had, when they had Mike Davis in the backfield, the first year rule was there. They had Mike Davis and McCaffrey and they, and they were playing. Mike Davis gave him a little bit of power. You know, Christian doesn't give you any real I mean he I think he's a good player but it's almost he's a spot player. You know, he's a role player. He's not a he's not like what Saquon Barkley's given the Giants, right? right. Barkley's given them that, you know, whoa, you know, that those those really hard plays that that kind of come through. So, you know, it is tough. But look, it, when you're when you're get, when your team is featured around a back that's not a big back, it that's a hard thing too, right?
2: South Carolina's own Mike Davis is always that dude that goes to a team and pops year one, and then the team moves on from him. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. Well, he's, he's one of
7: those dudes that if when he gets paid, he never plays well. It's exactly. when he doesn't, when he's looking for a check, is when he always plays well. The disease of more, know?
2: the disease yeah. of more. Um, in full disclosure, as we uh, talk about Matt Rule being dismissed, the reason Michael is generally delicate with Carolina is his son Matt is on the coaching staff, so. And also his son is on the coaching staff tonight with the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, we have to talk about it. And there it is. Matt rule is out. Matt rule. We don't cry for him. He'll get another job when he wants it. Plus I think he gets $40 million on the way out. It's not bad.
7: Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's a really good deal, right? So he gets $40 million <laughs> and, you know, I mean, now he's out there. He's available. If he wants to take a coaching job or is there one, like, I think he wanted to be successful in pro football or also I think he would have taken the LSU job. I mean, the LSU job was a heck of a job, but look, they're going to line up. Arizona state would be crazy not to come after them. You know, uh, uh, I would think Auburn's going to have an opening fairly soon. It sounds like, you know, West. I mean, Leopold's going to have all his chances with at Kansas, but you know, I hear there's conflict between him and Tre, Trev Alberts going back to when he was at Nebraska before. So I don't think that's the case.
2: Okay. Well, there it is. He does have, he will have plenty of options, Matt Rule. And it. all I wrote down in my notes is simple. No quarterback equals no job in the NFL. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you don't get one, develop one, you're gone. And that's Matt Rule after two seasons and five games down in Carolina. Okay, we'll get to the recap of yesterday and start focusing on Monday Night Football. I have a theory about the San Francisco 49ers I want to posit with Michael Lombardi and... We owe Cowboys Nation here at VSIN a big apology as they continue to roll. We're back.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal
1: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
7: Listening
6: to the Lombardi Line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, it's BetMGM, the sponsor here of the Lombardi Line on VSIN, the sports betting network, the king of sportsbooks. Remember, visit betmgm.com or download the app. If you're in Vegas, bring your state issued ID to any MGM property and you're ready to bet within minutes. you got to be 21 years or older. It's 1 800 Gambler if you have an issue. We can go ahead and officially put away the conversation of who the worst team in the NFL is. That is the Detroit Lions. That's one. We're going to get to the Chargers. But quickly, I have I something I want to say out. to you. I, I mean, come I on, Michael. Seriously. Come on. Dan Campbell, as a head coach, is legitimately like Chris Rock funny. Like, he is, oh my gosh. Um, I have a theory about the 49ers, if you don't mind, quickly, and then we'll get to your Chargers. Can I do that? Yes, sure. Obviously, the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. That has already been proven. We we understand or get there I or get there. How fortunate are the 49ers that his shoulder was bummed this offseason because that's the reason other teams didn't take a chance on him. And then also this with Shanahan, I was thinking this watching the game and I wanted to ask you, Shanahan's a genius offensively. He's got a great offensive mind. I think he was bored and wanted to do cool stuff and he can't do the cool stuff that he wants to do with Jimmy G and he got bored. But now they've luck boxed and backed their way into a guy that is really good. And Garoppolo was good in the game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo
7: does what they need him to do, right? Uh, You know, he kind of runs their offense. They ran some boots with him yesterday. They get the ball to Debo. They run the football effectively. They're trying to manage the left tackle position as best they can. He didn't turn the ball over and their defense, you know, look, I think what, 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 Really gets lost a lot here is the difference between this 49er team and the team that lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Is D'Amico Ryans is just not running Seattle 3. Like, and we call it Seattle 3 in the NFL, which is Pete Carroll's coverage. You know, it's a three deep coverage, it's a zone coverage that becomes a man, and and it's kind of wore out its welcome in the NFL. And it relies on the fronts. The Jets run Seattle 3 a lot. When they go against a good quarterback or a good offensive coach, is when they get in trouble. But to me, this San Francisco team is way more di- diversified in their portfolio than just a, S- a Seattle three-team, and it makes a difference in that front. As I've said, that defensive line coach, to me, I think he's the assistant coach of the year because he gets all these guys to play at a high level. They didn't have Armstead yesterday. They didn't have Kinlaw yesterday. You know, and, and those two guys inside are a force to reckon with.
2: Quickly, the number tonight, Vegas at Kansas City, is seven. It's seven everywhere. It's... Really not it's one ten up and down, so doesn't look like it's moving off seven. We'll get to that. We have plenty of time to discuss. Let's get to the Chargers at the Browns yesterday, Michael Lombardi. I'm just gonna get out of the way and let you run with this. Just quickly oh set it up. Chart Chargers beat the Browns, no, what, thirty to twenty? You can't get out of the
7: way. You cannot, you can't get out of the way. I mean, like, you've got to be take participate in this. I mean, like, what were you thinking when you saw that? What were you thinking when you saw that? I was thinking, what is
2: Michael ca- thinking? <laughs> I was going
7: thinking, Michael doesn't have
2: the volume on the TV but he is absolutely freaking out when he Well, went first for it on of all, uh,
7: can I talk about the freak out that I had before? I started yes. freaking out when Kevin Stefanski, who I I I don't know how. I mean, for too long before the years are I'm going to have no teams to recommend to play because I think in a game book there should be a box that checks stupidity. Like just stupidity. Like he goes for it on fourth down at his own 25. Like, where is, whatever happened, like, where's the risk-reward with that? Okay, let's play that through. If you're an analytical person, say I get the first down. I'm not anywhere near field goal range. I'm going if to, I, if I, I may have to punt anyway. So why would I risk everything to get one inch when I didn't, when I'm not getting any reward other than the first down? He goes for it on fourth and inches at zone 25. He's lucky they don't, I mean, he's lucky they don't, they didn't score a touchdown there. And then yeah. your boy, your boy, and he can't even defend himself. We played it on the podcast. You know, he can't even defend himself with what he said. It was talking out of both sides of his mouth. I don't know if Stephen Bond has the clip of it we or do not, have but it. we do have it. Let's
2: run it. Let's let people okay. listen to it because it's a joke.
6: Here's Brandon Staley. I just wanted to finish the game with the ball. Felt like we liked to play, like the matchup. Knew what coverage they were going to be in, and um, we wanted to finish the game on our terms on third down. We felt like we had a good run up against that defense. Um, had a pass solution, Um, they defended it well. Uh, Then on fourth down, just really felt like, you know, the slant of Mike was gonna be uh, the play call there and, um, you know, just didn't go down for us, but uh, I had a lot of confidence and uh, our defense to go out there and get them stopped, and that was a big motive um, because we knew they would have to throw the ball to beat us, uh, and we felt like we could cover them. You know? And I love the way that our team finished that game uh, because obviously the storybook would have been just to finish it right there all right? and to walk to victory lane, but that's not how it went. Um, we had to go play defense. We had to go defend, um, and our defense ended up winning us the game with, those, with that takeaway um, and that stop at the end of the game.
2: Okay, bro, what are you talking about? And I'm not the only one that doesn't know what you're talking about. Let's go ahead and throw up Keenan Allen's tweet responding to what his head coach was doing. He said, WTF are we doing when Staley was going for it in Brown's territory? Michael, I, you want to react uh, to that What did he just say seconds? there that makes
7: any sense? I what have did he no just clue. Say? I had That's full confidence salad. in my defense. I, I mean, I, he, had, he, he had so much confidence in your defense. You wanted to win the game with your offense. Like, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? Like, why didn't you just, if you had full confidence, then punt the ball. I mean, they got 10 yards. The kid, oh, well, it was a 54-yarder. The kid made a 62-yarder. If Matt Rule wins that game, he's probably not fired today. Think about that. Think about that. If that kid misses that kick opening day in Carolina, Matt Rule's still the coach of the Panthers today. He makes a 62-yarder then, right? The weather was fine. There was it was a little wind, but the kid now he missed a 45-yarder earlier. It wasn't he didn't have leg. This kid can kick the ball from anywhere. You got to know that as a head coach. This kid can make a kick anywhere. Plus, he made one that won the game for him opening day. And now you're telling me that this line of crap you're feeding me? Like you think he could stand in front of any player and put that out there? Do you think that any player's going to actually believe what he just said there? They're going to look at him like, what are you, man? Quit, get real. Get real. Like, you just are just out of your mind. You almost cost us a game.
2: That 49 seconds we just played from Staley is when you get caught by your significant other and a little bit of a fib, and you start using a lot of words, and you say, well, well what ha- happened was, and you just keep on talking to fill time. He was literally just, I don't even understand what he said. But anyway, it was a win for the Chargers, 30-28. to 28. They do cover the number that actually dipped down to a point and a half. So a fascinating finish to that game. And it's going to get weird with the Chargers because as we've discussed, there's a weird vibe in that locker room.
7: But it's going to get weird for, for Cleveland too. Like, Let's go through Cleveland. He gives away three points. Just have three points, please. I don't like three points, is what he's saying. I don't like three points, Kevin Stefanski. So why don't you take three points, okay? You can have them. I'll give you the ball here at the 25. Nice and cozy. Whatever you need to do here, Justin Herbert, just have it right here at the 25. If you need a little room, I'll get you a cocktail. I'll get you a cocktail, too. Just sit it right here. All right? Give you three points there. They miss a field goal at the end of the half. 45-yard field goal. They miss it at the end of the half. Uh, And... I text Will Hill, that's going to cost him. That's going to cost him. Then they missed a field goal at the end of the game, and then they turned the ball over in the red zone. At what point does Stefanski look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, I think I'm costing my team wins. I cost him a game in Atlanta. I cost him this game. I, I cost us the game against the Jets. I mean, they make this miraculous comeback. I mean, here they are, they're two and three. He's not on any hot seat, and yet he's making blunders left and right. Oh, because his president, De Podesto, thinks that analytics, like, at what point is is analytics going to stand up and say we're wrong like what point do they say we're wrong like when does common sense take over like the guy in new england he's won more games than anybody he's just kicking field goals and not having a problem with it just going to keep kicking field goals and you know shuts out the best the, the, the best offensive team in football the highest scoring team in all of football shuts about just going to keep kicking field goals he's playing the best offense in football and he's kicking field goals like, at what point do we say, that's stupid? Look, I'm all for going for it, but fourth and inches from your own 25 with Justin Herbert on the other team? And you can't, you know, one of the biggest misnomers in football is this Browns defense is good. The Packers and the Browns defense are both highly rated and underachieve.
2: So you're a big Stefanski and Staley fan to wrap that up.
7: I, I mean, so I want to like Kevin. I want to like Kevin. I, I mean... Did you see the play call on fourth and one? Did you see yes, that play call? Oh, yeah. my God. I, I mean, thank, I, I was going crazy. Like, what was that call? I mean, I you mean, got, I, was a, I was just marveling yeah. about their quarterback being so big and they can sneak it, and then he runs some kind of counter delay. I Like, what was that?
2: Speaking of Cleveland, you just mentioned Bill Belichick, who shut out the most prolific offense in football. Roar, the Lions, while New England's traveling to Cleveland. You want to take a stab at the number? That's next Sunday, 1 o'clock window. Well, I mean, you don't know who the quarterback
7: is for New England, even though Zappi threw only four incomplete passes. I'd say probably Browns by two. Three. Yeah. The Browns are dogs to the Chargers, and yet they're favored to the Patriots. And the Patriots just shut out the the most explosive. Look, say what you want about the Lions that they scored points on everybody. I mean, they went up and down the field. They've gone up and down the field on everybody. Now they can't stop anybody.
2: I mean, we know that. But what they do have in their corner is a jacked cliché spewing caffeine drinking bad man pajama Dan Campbell. Get the hell out of my city, bro. Okay. Michael Lombardi. The Bucks were up 21-0. Atlanta came back. A questionable call.
3: That's next. You're listening to the Lombardi
6: Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, exciting news. Basketball season is ready to tip off, and now... It's your time to grab our VEASAN NBA betting guide. We've got everything covered for you. Season prep for all 30 teams. Playoff title predictions from VEASAN experts, including JBT best bets for MVP player awards, buy betting tips for new bettors to the association. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get the guide. Remember, become a VEASAN Pro. want a bunch of money this weekend by going to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here at Lombardi Line on a Monday. He's Michael Lombardi. Of course, you've got Vegas at Kansas City. Kind of an exciting matchup tonight with Kansas City Lane 7. We welcome in our partner, Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sportsbook there at the Borgata. TG, how are you? Good morning. Good afternoon.
8: Uh, yes, good morning, Patrick. Good afternoon, Michael. How's, uh, how's everybody's Monday?
7: Oh, we're good. You know, we're good, TG. You know how it goes. It's,
2: it's all good. TG back at it. Hey, walk us through the life of a bookmaker quickly. You are back at it early on a Monday. What time did you leave the Borgata on a busy NFL Sunday?
8: Well, Sundays are uh, typically long days. So Saturdays as well during college football. So it's, you know, you're, I'm, I'm usually here. I don't know, about 14 hours, 15 hours a day on, on the weekend. So, um, you know, it just, it goes with the territory. You know, you go like crazy through football and then, uh through college basketball and then you kind of can relax a little bit during the summertime
2: okay and you make sure you eat you make sure you get your eat you drink your water you get all the nutrients and then the one thing about you tg is you love you love football but i would say college basketball is your favorite sport is that fair
8: no that is fair that's absolutely fair it's my favorite sport to watch and my favorite sport to handicap so yeah
7: Okay. And, and and he loves the horses too. Don't let him he kid you lo- he now. Does. He likes
2: the yes. horses. Yeah, no, we love the, we we text about it. Felika who's listening right now, me, Felika and, and uh, Thomas Gable were we're stuck in the 50s with our horse racing love. Okay, yesterday I've got the dogs winning out, I've got the unders winning out. I've got the dogs and unders at about 60% on the year that the books went out, that the Borgata went out yesterday.
8: Yeah, we had a good day. We had a good day on the NFL, and then the Mets losing was the cherry on top last night. Uh, so that that also worked out well. I know we don't get into baseball too much, but uh, the Mets there, obviously uh, us being in Atlantic City, they always get bet. So having a New York team uh, lose like that was uh, was a good result for the book. But uh, getting into the football. You know, starting out today, we had a we actually had a very good start with the London game and the the Giants and Packers. And when the Giants won that outright, yes, we take Giants money in, but that knocked out a lot of Packers teaser money and uh, the money line parlays. People put the Packers in money line parlays, so uh, we got up to a good start there with the London game. And then in the early slate, um, it, we we came out uh, pretty well. We we lost a little bit on the Vikings. Once again, though, second straight week in a row, we've had late commander's money show up. I'm not understanding that at all, but obviously it uh, worked to, <laughs> to our advantage again. And um, and the Dolphins and the Jets, we, we talked about that game yesterday uh, before uh, when I was on the show. And, you know, we were talking about that number toggling between three and a half and three. And we had a lot of uh, Dolphins money line money, especially early in the week that came in. And uh, that was one of the reasons why I didn't really want to go to three there because, you know, the price ends is going to get cheaper on the Dolphins money line. We didn't really need any more Miami uh, money there. So that worked out well for us in that one as well. The uh, lost a little bit on the Patriots Lions game. Uh, the Chargers and Browns was essentially uh, a wash in that one. And then the, the late slate, uh, the Eagles and Cardinals. Again, we, we took on some Cardinals money here. Uh, obviously, the Eagles won the game, but did not cover. And then the uh, the Cowboys and the Rams game was a, a very good result for us. Uh, needed the Cowboys, and they just uh, once again the, the defense came through for them. And you know, at, at this point, do you say this Cowboys defense is for real? I know. That The Rams' offensive line is really weak at this point. Stafford is continually getting hit week after week. Uh, But now you have um, the Eagles and the Cowboys facing off uh, this coming Sunday, which should certainly be a big one for us.
7: Oh, that's going to be a huge game. I could see that going back and forth. Where did you open that game up, Thomas?
8: So it's a lot of books uh, opened – Eagles around five. We're we're actually Eagles laying four and a half right now.
7: Got it. And, and, and you, you expect? Go ahead. I'm go sorry, ahead, Patrick. No, no, please. I was just going to. Please, I mean, I I was I... going gonna... to say, do you expect? I mean, is that with the expectation that Prescott's playing, or is that a Cooper Rush number?
2: Good question.
8: Well, so that's a good question, Michael. Is there really a difference right now between Dak coming off an injury and and Cooper Rush? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there is much of a difference there at this point between the two uh and certainly what i've been seeing with the reports on it's uh probably less likely that he will play um so we're probably going under assumption here that cooper rush is going to start that game
2: that's a good question for you michael when you're handicapping this cowboys team moving forward do you differentiate much with Dak and cooper
7: well, you know, I always rate the quarterbacks, and I, but I think to me what, what has made Cooper Rush is I've rated the Cowboy coaching higher than I typically do because of the way they manage Cooper Rush. I mean, they got 10 first downs yesterday and won a game. I mean, no longer is Kellen Moore chasing yards and first downs and points. He's actually – they've done a great – give Mike McCarthy credit. He's done a great job of – of playing to the strengths of their team, the kicking game, their, their defense, you know? And so I've elevated their, actually, they've become a better team in a power ranking for me because when Dak's in there, I lower the coach because he does some things that I don't think he really manages the game correctly. So it's kind of a, a, a give and take here, but I think they've done a great job. McCarthy has done a great job of handling this situation. And winning games and understanding, as I said after week three of the season, who are we and who aren't we, right? What are we and what aren't we? And, and, and I think they've done a good job of knowing that.
2: Fair enough. How did you turn out that snoozer of a Sunday night game? My gosh, Cincinnati-Baltimore, that was terrible. What? How'd you do with the book, 1917 win for Baltimore? They closed three.
8: Yeah, they closed three. That that actually uh, worked out for us. Um, you know, we, we did not want to see the the Ravens cover that three, so that was a decent result. To end the day there.
7: Okay, well, as long as you got you know got Zach Taylor, he'll just keep turning points down. It doesn't matter. How about Harbaugh taking the points? You think somebody got in Harbaugh's ear and said, you know, John, you may be messing this up? You think that fight with Marcus Peters might add something to do with him taking the fourth and inches and kicking the field goal?
2: I think there's something there to that. Could have been the case. It, it it also helps when you have Justin Tucker, who's The GOAT. Yes. His numbers late in games. I don't think he's ever missed a kick. He's ridiculous. Um, Okay. Let's transition here. Thomas Gable joining us, taking a deep dive on the Lombardi line. Of course, runs the race in sports book there at the Borgata. Kansas City 7. Where'd you open with Vegas at Kansas City tonight?
8: So we opened Kansas City laying seven. We're up to seven and a half here. Um, Total open 51. It's up slightly to 52 right now. Mostly Chiefs money, uh, and money and over money here. And, you know, when you look at these two teams, well, of course, when we came into the season, all we, all we heard about was that the AFC West is the best division in football. And the Chiefs, they can, you know, at this point can stand up and say, yes, we're, we're there. But uh, a lot has to be said here about the Chargers and not meeting the expectations that we're set out for them. The Broncos, we, we, we know what's going on there with, with Hackett. Uh, and then it leaves us with the Raiders. Now the Raiders were uh, by odds were, were kind of picked to be uh, last in that division. Uh, they had the worst odds of win the division coming into the season. And obviously they've gotten off to a, a poor start, but this is still a team that I think uh, in my power ratings, I, I still have them right, right there. Uh, I, I, put them above certainly the Broncos at this point, And I, I have them right around where I have the chargers. So this team, I think can still compete. It's going to be tough though here, uh, traveling to Kansas city, uh, obviously a big, big spot here for Kansas city, not only tonight, but then they have the bills uh, next week.
7: Yeah, that's a, that. That's a schedule. Uh, we talked about that on the. You know, I mean, they've really. This is not an easy route schedule for the Chiefs. I know they get to play two home games, but physical game tonight, you would think, and then they got to come back and play the Bills on a short week. That that's not an easy. That they didn't do them any favors. There's no doubt.
2: No, not at all. I I like the spot for the Raiders tonight. Wow, seven and a half. Okay, I'm seeing sevens mostly Borgata, and that's an important lesson for new betters to understand that. You know, every book's a little bit different with their number and their juice. Yep. Thomas, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, have a good Monday, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks, T.G. All right. Thank you, guys. Divisional unders, as Steven just texted me, 21 and six to the under. You've got a what, 51 and a half right now on the board with Vegas. I'm excited about this game, Michael. I know you are. Me too. Obviously, I'm looking, for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, i forward to it. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> Vegas shows up tonight. I I, I really. Hope so. I I hope so. That was dubious. Uh, One thing I do know is Atlanta covered down in Tampa Bay yesterday. And Jerome Booger, is that his name? He likes Tom Brady more than Giselle does. We'll discuss.
9: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
7: to the Lombardi line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, football fans, turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop tonight on Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football. If your bet loses, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. By the way, the most popular bet as far as the first touchdown score tonight at BetMGM is Travis Kelsey. So you can get involved. Make sure you get over to BetMGM.com or download the app. Again, it's single first touchdown scorer prop. You Get your money back up to 25 bucks if you lose. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. We're back. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. As we continue, we've got Monday Night Football wrapping up week five tonight with Vegas at the Chiefs. Let's talk about what happened down in Tampa Bay. You know, it's an interesting team as far as Tampa Bay because yesterday it really what did he have 52 attempts Tom Brady, a lot of them mm-hmm. to Leonard Fournette. You had Atlanta in town all banged up, but Atlanta after dropping what 21 nothing in that game came back, lost covered a 21-15 win for Tampa. Obviously, the big discussion today, Michael Lombardi, is that roughing the passer call, which absolutely was not a roughing the passer call. What was your reaction to that? Because that was a big time swing in the game. Well, I mean, my reaction—it
7: really was more about how they let this twenty-one to nothing lead slip away, you know, and like how did it become even a close game, right? And and to me, it starts because you know you only have the ball for five, almost six minutes in the sec, fourth quarter. You really only get one, four first downs, and you only convert one third down. You you don't, you have no running game to, to get the clock going, and you can't add to leads. You know, Patrick, you can't add to leads. I mean, uh, that's the bigger issue. And so what the Falcons were able to do was they, they dominated the fourth, and even though they're out of the game and it looks bad, they come back in it without – hits and without Cordell Patterson. So, to me, I, I think it's more of a, a dissertation on Tampa Bay's inability to find balance and extend leads that they have to do. And the call to me was horrible. You know, there was a call they missed the play before, I think, I'll pass interference. It, I'm not saying it was a makeup call. I thought that was horrible, too. So, I mean, you got bad officiating. That happens. But to me, this game shouldn't have not have been. I mean, the Bucks should have covered this spread. Because tip. Typically, when we, get, when we get up 21 to nothing, I think when you get up 21 to nothing, all of a sudden you could take over. So, to me, that, that's the issue. And, and that's the concern I have for Tampa Bay. Where is Tampa Bay going? Where are the, how are they going to get their offense generated? And where are they going to be able to really, at the end of the day, find balance? And, and you know, Brady can't throw the ball 50 times a game. It's just not sustainable. I think Rick Goslin put it out there. I think there's – he's had six wins of the nine that have thrown the ball over 50 times in his career. I think it's really a challenge to do that. So uh, that, to me, is the biggest concern. Now, we've lost Patrick, so we're on our own here. So enjoy the ride, everybody. Here we go. I mean, we're going to be – see what we can do. I might have to get Bill Berman over here to co-host this show with me as we go forward. But – oh, we got you back, Patrick. I see you. Is that true? No, I guess we don't. I guess we don't. All right, so we'll continue to go. But I I think that's Tampa's issue. I think Atlanta's a resilient team. I I like Atlanta's team. I think they're resilient. They they play hard. They're not so talented. They make then after the game, which I've never heard of this before. After the game, they make a trade. They trade Deion Jones to Cleveland for a late six-round pick. And, you know, who saw that coming? I mean, I've never seen a trade Sunday night. Patrick, you I,
2: back with me? You can't, you, you, you can't get rid of me, bro. I know you're trying to get rid of me. You can't, you can't do I it. I didn't it. I was one step away. I, <laughs> I was
7: one step away from going to my whole repertoire on construction workers in the 1920s and how we owe them a great debt for being up there on those five roads. Don't,
2: don't even bring it up because you just ruined my weekend by sending me those YouTube videos. By the way, I didn't see the trade. What happened? Who got traded last night? Deion Jones, the former first-round pick of the Falcons. After the game, there's an announcement
7: that Deion Jones is going to Cleveland for a six-round pick.
2: No kidding. I did
7: not see that. Yeah, I guess that solves all of Cleveland's defensive problems. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe that does. I don't know. You know, maybe they should change the sheets on the analytics, I guess. But, no, it's good to have you back, Patrick. It was good to have you back. I was just going on to the bigger issue
2: with Brady is you can't throw it 50 times a game. Like, you can't be this imbalanced with your team. Yeah, you know, 52 52 pass attempts and also Michael, the offense disappeared for chunks. That's what allowed Atlanta to get back into it and they struggle in the red zone. Like there is it's a 3 and 2 Bucks team. It doesn't there's just obviously we understand what's happening beatable. off the field. They're and they're, they're, they're not beatable. explosive.
7: They're not I mean, look, uh, Fournette had 10 catches, right? He averaged 8.3 a catch. There there was no explo- other than I mean, Mike Evans had a 40-yarder. There's no explosive plays and so they don't have that. They don't have that ability to kind of manifest themselves and make one play drives and look, you know, the other problem is what, what I talk about all the time is rushes and completions, right? So, when you throw the ball as much as you do, when you do that, right? So, Brady that they ended up having 58 rushes and completions, which is great. You should win that game. But 17 incompletions isn't what you want. That's not what you want. No. I mean, Atlanta had had 14 for I mean, he only had 11 incompletions.
2: You want to keep that clock going with completions With incompletion stops the clock. There's so much with this Atlanta team as sitting at two and three that what could have been, it's, it's been a weird roller coaster for Atlanta because they're surprisingly plucky. Let's put it that way. Surprisingly plucky. Yeah, but they plucky. could have
7: lost to Seattle, right? They Seattle fumbles the ball, and they win that game, right? They're they're kind of like it goes, it's the old Parcells, you are what you are, right? There's a yeah, couple that they could have, and they could have lost the Cleveland game. I mean, if Stefanski kicks the points in the first quarter,
2: they're going to lose that game. I'll counter I with mean, they could have beat the Rams. They could have beat the they Rams could have beat in the Los Rams. Angeles. <laughs> right. They could how have. About, I mean, look, the, how about... a good get right spot for your boy, Tom Brady in Pittsburgh next week. And we can talk about Pittsburgh. What do you think the number is Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh early window next Sunday?
7: It's in Pittsburgh. So I would say, I would say it would be, it would, if it
2: was in Tampa, it would be 10. I'd say seven and a half, man. You're freaking dead on today. It's eight. So Tampa's laying eight at Pittsburgh next week. So,
7: i'm just telling everybody look i love mike tomlin i'm his number one fan mike tomlin is going in the hall of fame he's a hall of fame coach i there's no denying that on my part at all i think he's great i can listen to him talk about football i can listen to him motivate but his team's not very good you know he doesn't have a very good team he he can't cover he doesn't have great rushers they can't make play they're not fast enough on defense they can't hold the lead and when they have to play from behind, the offensive line gets exposed like it did yesterday. I mean, look, Gabriel Davis, you know, the you're backed up on the one inch line. You throw a ninety nine yard pass. I mean, oh my gosh. That yeah, game it was that that fourteen was never in question that they were gonna cover. Never.
2: Biggest spread of the year, and it was easily covered, thirty eight to three. It's one of those that you you're reluctant to pull the trigger on a number like that before the game starts. And then once the game starts, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a reason this yeah. number was in the nose. Well, I mean, like because... I said
7: to Will Hill on the show this week, I said, look, that, that, that the greatest thing that, that McDermott had going for him was last year's game, that they won in there. Like, there was going to be a payback for that. There was going to be a payback for that. I, I know that. Like, they were never looking forward to Kansas City. They had they had to take care of some business first with Pittsburgh for what they did last year. and cost them home field advantage, essentially.
2: And if you watch Pittsburgh, all three phases they struggled. They pressured Josh Allen one time in the game. They couldn't make open field tackles. The offense came up short. You've got Kenny Pickett. He missed some reads but he was solid. I mean, he wasn't he was whatever.
7: You know. It, it, it's exactly what you thought he would be. He needs to get in the situation and and it's a, it's kind of a hard thing, but he did it. And you know, I mean, he got to go through it. You know, it's not going to be perfect. Look, they, they 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 can't they couldn't stop him. That's the, at the end of the day. They couldn't they couldn't stay attached to him because they could never really stop him.
2: So, uh, Stephen and by the way, Stephen Bonds bills they are a dirty football team what well, they were they were trying to hurt that kid anyway buffalo mm-hmm. is at kansas city arrowhead late window it's not the sunday night game next week but buffalo at kansas city don't look take a stab at the number buffalo kc 425 kick what do you got Well, we Ed don't Lombardi. know we don't
7: know you know i would say i would say kc by one
2: okay interesting let me see where it opened the number nope it opened one buffalo and has been bet up to two Wow. buffalo is you're talk you talked you talked about the tax they're going to be favored it we now know yeah. it's official they they will be favored in every single game if they're favored in Kansas City and, and for all the
7: for all the like I wrote about in the daily coach for all the anger that our man that our man Ken Dorsey expressed in, in the Miami press box That was the best thing that could ever happen to him. Got their attention. Probably
2: not good for his health or his family life, because or his potential head
7: coaching cat. Hey, you know the other thing I think we didn't say this. I know we got to go to break, but I think when Don Martindale was over there in London, they should have knighted him. He should be. We should call him Sir Don Martindale now.
2: I want Wink in Detroit. (laughs) Bring Wink to Detroit. They wouldn't even interview him. They didn't even interview him. Well, why would you? When Dan Campbell's sitting and sitting right there, uh, Taysom Hill did something yesterday that only two players had done since 1950. That's not.
9: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.